Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Today, we continue the conversation with a mompreneur of a 20-month-old and another one on the way. As an Olympian and dual sport athlete at Oregon State University, grabbing honors in her Bachelor of Business degree, Selena Scoble took her focus and discipline and applied it to entrepreneurship. In Australia, she has created and founded nine businesses over the past 10 years, including a movement called Birth Time and a youth leadership program. Challenges along the way, such as a debilitating injury the day prior to her Olympic debut, post-sport depression, incongruencies with business partners over the years, and losing her house and every single thing in it in a debilitating flood in 2011, have only fortified the mother who rises up for her little girl each and every day. I am seriously grateful to Selena for being willing to speak to us as an entrepreneur in flux, someone who doesn't have it all figured out. And she's juggling what matters most to her and how that fits together with business and family. And this is not always a place that success-minded people love being. They don't love being in flux. They love having it all figured out. So I believe that Selena is being really courageous and brave. I think this is a conversation that especially us business moms need to hear. So Selena, so grateful. Thank you for talking to our, our peeps today. Thank you, Sarah. It's a lovely introduction. I really appreciate all the kind words and yeah, looking forward to, to having a chat because um, like I was saying to you a bit earlier, this is kind of a, a new subject for me. First time I've really actually spoken about it publicly. So um, yeah, I'm excited. So Selena speaks a lot um, to, to young kids and to, to crowds, but on a different subject, you know? And so before we even get started, I didn't even ask you this yet. Um, who has little Sienna today? So how are you even able to have this chat with me? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, no, I'm really lucky. I've got a, um, a beautiful partner who's very supportive and gets home early every 
every day at about four-ish. Um, so, yeah, it worked. He's always very, very good at coming home, plays with Sienna while I can try and get work done. That's my moment I choose to, you know, mm. when I've got the work, I, I do that in that time and that's his time to spend with Sienna. And, yeah, right. so that's okay. where she is now, playing on the trampoline. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I won't tell Jordan about the trampoline because that's she'll be jealous. But she's coming home to play with Sienna soon. So I did want to ask wait. that because, you know, <laughs> there's sort of like this magical dust that is supposed to happen for a business mom and the, the child disappears magically behind the, the screen <laughs> and it doesn't happen like that so I want to go back first we are going to dive into mom guilt how you even work alongside a baby and a toddler and all that jazz but look you were an athlete most of your life so I want to know what your drivers were back then so what drove your success as an athlete yeah, it's a really good question, actually, because sometimes you just you're just doing what you're doing, and you know when I reflect on this, um, for me, it it really came down to two things. One, um, in childhood, obviously, just looking at what you're passionate about and what my strengths were and what my passions were. I mean, growing up as a kid, I was very much a tomboy outside riding my bmx bike riding my skateboards climbing trees climbing on the roof of the house jumping off trying to catch birds and boxes and so i was very adventurous i was very um yeah i loved being outdoors and i i played every single sport and i used to play on the boys team just because there were maybe no girls football team and so yeah it, it definitely you know it was a passion it was a, a strength of mine and, and obviously being tall and athletic you know that was a strength so that definitely guided me towards sport and enjoying really loving sport. Um, and yeah, another really big one, which is only something I've really delved into in the recent years, but just looking at my drivers and what happened to me during my childhood. Um, my mum and dad split when I was seven, um, born and raised in New Zealand and we moved countries when I was 10. Mm. Um, I'm the oldest of um, two other siblings, so there's three of us. Um, yeah, and it was a massive custody battle, you know, age eight, nine, and obviously when we moved at 10. And that really shook me, you know, it really, at that age, and, and moving to another country, leaving all family, cousins. I mean, my, I've got seven aunties and uncles and cousins galore and um yeah those were really special times growing up and obviously moving then to move and then to start a new school to get teased because of my accent and teased because of my how tall I was I mean it's not a not a fun age that one when you're about 10 or 11 trying to fit into right. trying to find the cool kids to 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 you know play with and fit in with and yeah I you know and then we moved again within a year so I was at three different schools within 18 months and yeah like I said it was challenging it was really really tough and plus all the emotional stuff of missing my dad and trying to understand what was going on and you know mum and dad did not like each other so there was a lot of yeah a lot of not nice conversations and so it really drew me inward it really made me quite shy I was already a bit of a shy kid but um I got quite introverted and it wasn't until I was in grade eight and I was my PE teacher saw that I was tall, athletic, and she was a basketball coach. And she said, Hey, I, I think you're fantastic. I think you'd be really great at basketball. Mm. 
And it was like, oh, wow. For the first time in a long time, it was like, I felt good about myself. Someone believed in me. Someone was saying nice things about me. I was getting praised. Um, and it, it went from there. Obviously, I love sports. So, of course, it was something I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to if you think I'm great. Yeah, you know, she got, guided me to a club. And, and yeah, the rest was kind of history. I ended up representing Brisbane and Queensland and then moving into volleyball, doing the same thing. And I think what really drove me back then was really my self-esteem and my self-worth started to become based on my performance in sport and me being a good athlete and that's when I look back now that's a lot of what really drove me during those teenage years it's fascinating to hear that because I see that in some ways it saved you it was like a a rescue from the challenges that were going on in your life and thank you for sharing that I think a lot of people may not even have looked at that in their lives. I think athletes do have a lot of drivers that they're not even aware of and that you've done the work to be able to uncover that and share it with us is amazing. And then it had me thinking, because in the intro, I did mention that you'd had post-sport depression. And, you know, I, I know that you speak about this in front of lots of crowds that the day before the Olympics, your Olympic debut, the dream, you crash out in, with an injury. So, how do you go from my self-esteem and my self-worth are all about my performance and I'm not going to perform? Like, how do you deal with that if, if your whole self-worth is based on performance? Yeah, well, it was a massive, um, a, a massive transition in my life because my identity, who I identified myself was, it was an athlete. Everyone else, my friends, my family, everyone else identified me as, oh, you're the basketball player, you're the volleyball player, you're the athlete, you know. Um, and so it was really, I had, you know, that's what I did. I really hit, it wasn't a choice to leave sport. It was an injury. And um, it really hit me hard to really stop and go, who the hell is Selena Scopel when I don't have sport in my life? And here I am in my mid-20s, not knowing really anything else outside of my passion for sport. And now what is my passion now that I don't have that in my life? And what area do I want to move into? And, yeah, it was a really tough few years. Right. And, I mean, it, I only knew you after the fact when business, it's in some ways business is the identity that came next. And so I know that you did that degree at university, but did you use the same values you had as an athlete when you were building businesses? And I know you're very creative. Are they the same values or were there new things at play when you were starting to delve into entrepreneurship? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I hadn't done the work yet on myself. So definitely those factors drove me still. Mm -hmm. um, and again, being very adventurous and creative and you know, I, I, anything I got passionate about, I loved to go and create. So um, hence the nine businesses in, you know, 10 years. And, you know, and a lot of people was funny because some people would, you know, be like, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, what are you doing now? But for me, it was just, I just thrived, I guess, on whatever sparked my interest, whatever got me excited. I just, you know, and I was my back, you know, at school, apart from PE being my best subject, art and graphics were 
my best subject. So hence the creativity. I love getting, you know, doing logos and creating color schemes and branding. And, you know, I taught myself how to do websites and I taught myself, yeah, how to video and video edit. And so it was just, I love the learning. I love the challenge. I, I enjoyed all that. Um, I guess what then came into play was another factor where I was like, right, I really want to set myself up before I have a family. You know, I had this, I saw people having the freedom of having online businesses and, and that worked, it suited, you know, it was really curiosity for me because I, I loved um, my business, my business degree majored in management information systems, which was online systems and um, that suited my personality type. So yeah, I just got this curiosity about, you know, online business and kind of went from there and trying lots of different things and throwing money at lots of different things and <laughs> losing money on lots of different things. And, but I just, I guess my passion was there and that's what's I guess really key is is following your heart and following your passions and um so yeah I just I, I just explored and, and learned so much obviously along the way um but yeah again just having that childhood experience of having a single mum and struggling with three kids I really got determined that I did not want a, you know the stereotypical nine to five job for me anyway that was you know it's not everyone's different of course it's security and um, but I guess traveling the world at a young age with sport and seeing different cultures and seeing the, you know, living in Spain for six months and seeing um, how they have their siestas during the day. And I was like, wow, why don't we do this back home? This is really smart. This is kind of a cool lifestyle. Why can't I do this? I can do this. Why do I have to do nine to five? You know, so I questioned life. I questioned, yeah, where, what lifestyle I wanted and um, just got kind of clear about, what I what the lifestyle was that I really wanted especially before having a family got it and when you lost everything in the floods in 2011 what did you learn about life then yeah a big one with that experience was when mum and I first walked into the house um after the floodwaters came down you know we got there first thing in the morning and mum and I were just like wow, you know, the house looked like it had been on the spin cycle of a washing machine and mm. there was just mud everywhere, stuff everywhere. It was just, yeah, a scene from a movie and you just, um, I, you know, initial reaction was mum and I just being so independent, such independent women. We know we're both like, right, we'll just, it's okay. We'll, we'll get stuck into it and we'll just start sorting this out and, you know, it's going to take us bloody weeks, but we'll get there. We'll just, mm -hmm. we'll just go one day at a time and we'll, you know, We'll, we'll sort this out and then you know the just for well, the community on that day and that cleanup was just absolutely mind-blowing something I'll just never ever forget but um, by eight o'clock we had about 30 people in my house just mm -hmm. half of them strangers just going what can I do we're here to help I've got a gurney I've you know here's some strong men what do you need um by two o'clock that afternoon, everything was out on the curbside, ready wow. for pickup. Basically, my whole life jumped on the curbside, ready for pickup. And the house, yeah, it, it just blew me away. And I guess the biggest lesson was, yeah, you cannot, you get things done a lot faster if you're with mm -hmm. like-minded people on the same journey. Um, you know, we sometimes, you know, that was a big thing of just being so independent and realizing that if you can get a group of like-minded people 
all on that same vision and journey, then yeah, what you can achieve is just mind blowing. I love that you just shared that because just prior you were talking about how you taught yourself the online, you know, how to do websites. And then you taught yourself and there was this whole element of like, I can do this by myself. Like, I don't need anybody. I got this. And just describing you and your mom against the world, walking into the house, I got that same message. And then to see 30 people coming in and the community surrounding you. Um, yeah. Amazing lesson learned. Um, probably wish it wasn't over a flood, but you know, that's how life decided to play that one out. So as you take in all these different experiences of your life, what moves and inspires you these days as a newer mom? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, I guess I've got a new found clarity being a mum. Motherhood wasn't something I craved growing up. Um, And I think it came back to just being in survival mode and watching my mum being a single mum of three kids and, God, I have so much respect for her and what she did to have, you know, three veg and meat on the table every night in a beautifully clean house and just, you know, she she got us to our sports things, even though there was weeks where she couldn't pay for petrol and I'd get rides with teammates and, you know, I don't know how she did it. She was just friggin' amazing and, um, you know, very inspirational, but... It also taught me too when, you know, I started contemplating when I was, you know, becoming a mum, like, yeah, there's a lot that inspired me and then there's a lot that I just go, well, I don't, I don't want that for myself, of course. And I, you know, you, sometimes you, you can't plan these things out or, but um, yeah, there's a lot of things, I guess, through that experience that have really inspired me and moved me as, as a new mum, you know, and, and realising that, Sienna is, is, I'm a role model every single day for this little girl and she's watching me with everything I do. And um, I've had a lot of yeah, flashbacks to my own childhood and how my mum raised me. And, you know, I look at what, you know, how she was raised. She was raised in a way that was, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think there's a lot of probably mums of mums that can relate to that back in those days and you know the whole parenting um, values was was different then Um, it's really shifted me into what I want to be for Sienna as a mum that you know now Mm. Um, and I find myself dipping into sometimes I can hear my mum and me when I'm parenting Sienna and I have to really catch my, some of it's good. Some of it's stuff (laughs) I don't want to continue on through this next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's a lot. And I think definitely when I went through some quite emotional times with, you know, parents splitting, moving countries, mum was stressed and yelling all the time. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I've learned through that, that I go, you know what? Um, I had a really happy place with my granddad and my nana during, during that separation. And on the weekends we used to spend time with them and my granddad was in world war two and I had no idea what he'd gone through until after he passed. And I just go, his values and his lessons that he taught me around, having fun and being playful and you know I never saw that in my mum because she didn't get that opportunity she was just Mm. trying to survive and put food on the table so there's definitely values around 
you know, even just basic needs of being appreciated, being acknowledged, being validated. I really felt sometimes Mm. or a lot of times I wasn't as a kid because of the way mum was raised and then obviously the way she was raising us and, you know, and that really, again, it was like you're not to be seen, you know, to be hurt or that concept and just wanting to feel like, you know, I want to make Sienna feel validated. I want to make her feel heard because I didn't feel that as a kid a lot. That's Um, really interesting like hearing you speak about this makes me understand why you were so hungry you know when you said your teacher said hey you'd you'd be great at basketball and how thirsty you were for that like would I be good you think I'm good and how if you don't have it you're you're yeah you're parched you know you're you're just so thirsty for that validation so it's, it's good to hear these things because then we can say, wow, this is like almost like a basic need. Um, yeah. Have to, because I think we are worthy and therefore when it doesn't match up, it just feels off, you know, it's, so then when we, when that's not happening, there's something inside that must be like, you know, systems off, systems off. I am worthy. Why is this not happening? So, and then as a kid, we just start to adapt what you did. Um, yeah. Wow, it's really interesting. Yeah, your answer, how you're talking about this, brought up so many things for me. Because my mom was, um, at, when I, at my very young age, my mom was on her own, not for a long time, but that intensity of. Okay, my mind's going in a million directions because I, I've got one thing just glowing in my mind, and I hope you're doing that for other people, having these remembrances of our past. But one of the things that I've learned as a parent is everything works when I'm not in a hurry. So when I then think of your mom with three kids and trying to do it while having a job, you know, having enough money for petrol, I get that she probably was never not in a hurry. No wonder it was freaking chaotic. Um, and the yelling and yeah, I just, just thought that then, I mean, what a gift to, to be able to slow things down sometimes. Cause I find with parenting every single time it goes pear shaped for me, is when I'm in a hurry and toddlers and hurry just don't work well together. Have you experienced that Selena yet? (laughs) Oh my God. 100%. (laughs) You know, yeah. When uh, I think it's a combination of strategies I've developed for the last 40 years of, you know, I, I am very driven obviously with my past and my personality type and, you know, I can work 16 hour days on projects that I'm just so passionate and I love and it doesn't, it doesn't worry me in the world. And then since having Sienna, it's like when she was born, it was like, yeah, I got this. She can sit on my lap and breastfeed while I'm on the computer. And yeah, I'm still being able to get stuff done. And uh-huh. yeah, now she's gone into toddlerhood and you know, she wants me, she, she needs me to come and sit with her and watch the cows on TV. And she, you know, she wants me to come jump on the trampoline and you know what? I want to do that with her. I really, I, I really went through a stage where I went, Selena, you've got to make some decisions because you can either mm. sit on this computer and get agitated because Sienna's going, me, me, come, mm. you know, wanting me mm-hmm. to come play. And I'm here going, yeah, just one minute, one minute. Mummy's got to finish this and mummy's got this to do. And I'll, you go watch TV while I do this. And mm-hmm. I really had to pull myself up and go, is this what I really want for Sienna? I'm almost, 
you know, oh, it, it really, really threw me for a few weeks and I had to have a really good think and a really good shift. I ended up selling a couple of businesses because I'm like, no, I'm going into a new chapter and I want to embrace this. Um, I can always pick up any business I want really down the track that I get passionate about again. Mm-hmm. But now's not the season for me. I'm, I've got, you know, two businesses that you mentioned with um, birth time and youth leadership and, and I can manage that and that keeps me happy and mm. I'm really passionate about those two subjects at the moment. Um, but everything else I, I just have to let go of right now and know that I've, I've got the skills. I can always come back to it at any point in my life. But for me right now and what I felt as a kid, the neglect sometimes, the not feeling validated and appreciated and not listened to, you know, I I was like, Selene, you're repeating this with Sienna. And I just went, no, for me right now, what's most important is that I have that fun place that I had with my granddad. That's Uh, what I remember so much. And, mm -hmm. and you know, like I feel so sorry for mum because I go, wow, you just had it so friggin' tough. And I look at her now being a, a nana and yep. she is having the time of her life. She's playing oh. with her kids. She rides bikes. She's 60-odd, class 63 now. And she's doing all the kids stuff. And she's the one getting out there on the swings and jumping on the trampoline. And, you know, it's so beautiful to see. And I'm Mm. You know, it does make me sad that I didn't get to experience that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I get it. I was totally emotional hearing that. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. It's the, the, the grandparent relationship. It's like mm. a whole re-experiencing of our parents, isn't it? Like just an appreciation, a whole new, but a sadness I think too, of what wasn't there. But I, I suppose it's like these roles that I, I read once in um, Eckhart Tolle wrote about how society, um, Western society doesn't operate so much like this, but basically grandparents role and how oftentimes they're retired, which your mom is not. So that's interesting in itself, but most grandparents are retired and have more time and kids really need time. And then the grandparent slots into that role while the parent is in survival mode, you know, like try to earn money and, and be able to put food on the table, this kind of thing. And how um, it's beautiful to hear that your mom is like doing these kitty things and, and that you're able to do it. What a gift yeah. you created. And that's, yeah. And that's what I've realized. I do have, you know, I might not have the million dollars, you know, and I think I was hesitant when I, you first asked me to do this interview because I was like, oh, I haven't made my, you know, million dollars and all this stuff. But then I go, you know what? I, I do have the freedom right now to yeah. be with Sienna as much as I want. And that gift and, you know, realising how important parenting is um, and how defining these, these first initial years are, for a child makes me so grateful that um, I'm in a situation that I, I, I can do that. It's funny. And the importance often, of it. It's yes, because the million dollars, you know, maybe the drive, the original drive for the million dollars was about time, being able to have the time and the freedom and all that kind of stuff. And then you realize, but I do have that. You know, I, I could choose that. And 
yeah, just, it's really great. I hope everyone's listening in that, you know, Selena's going through these challenges and stuff's happening. And then there's a reflection because I think that this is what we said. Selena wasn't sure that she was ready for this um, conversation because she's like, I've never really thought about it. I'm just kind of working it out each and every day. And I, I think that that's, what's so great is like dealing with the mummy guilt and when they, like you just said, just one more minute, just one more minute. You know, when you hear yourself saying that, and by the way, I don't know if this has happened to you yet with Sienna is when they start repeating that back to you. (laughs) Jordan says that she's like doing something and we're trying to leave the house. And she's like, just a minute, mom. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's what I say. So, you know, like they're just these little, um, not copycats, but a reflection. You know, and so that's when I, I say with parenting, there's the things I'm working on that I'm aware of. And then there's the part that I wasn't even aware of until I get it repeated back to me in my exact tone. And then I go, okay, add that to the list. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cool. Um, Okay. So basically I want to know, you have talked about this a little bit already, but there's a lot of things from your past and that have come up and ways that you want to do it different. What are your values or what's important to you as you raise Sienna? And are there some key things that you're like, I want to make sure that I, I do this different than the way I was raised. Mm, it's a really good question. Um, first off, I, I've really realized it's, for Sienna, my relationship with her, it's about who I am. It's not about what I do. Um, it's the person I'm being. And I'm really conscious of that at the moment. Um, of course, it's important to have your own passions and have your own, you know, time out. And getting that balance is very different, I think, for every family and every mother to find that balance of, you know, I know some friends who have... Um, you know, being very career business and uh, career driven, and then, you know, have had three kids and have had a full time nanny and hardly at home, and that works for them. So yeah. there's no judgment. I think that's the biggest thing being a mum. There's, whew, you can get so much judgment from the outside, and when you become a mum, you realise you do what works for you, um, and that's different for every single mum. Um, and not to feel, you know, the guilt obviously comes from within ourselves and from external people but you have to get really clear on what's important for you and um yeah what values are important to you for for you raising your child which could be very different from your best friend or your mother or you know um but I think you know really trusting your instinct um is a big one um I I really want to foster with Sienna at the moment again this is just all learnings as I'm I'm going along the journey and having a lot of flashbacks from my own childhood and, yeah. um, you know, looking at my own role models that I had, you know, my mum, my dad, my granddad, etc. cetera. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, okay. uh, wanting to just have fun is a really big one. Like I'm okay. so playful again with her and it's just she's at an age where she's, yeah, that type of age where, starting to talk and we can meet, communicate and she says the funniest thing she does the funniest things and the simplicity of life and you know it's like 
gosh, can you just stay like this? At what point do we start to get stressed and put all these boundaries and um, you can't do this, you can't do that? And I've been really conscious. I, when I watch Sienna play and she's doing stuff, like even today, she decided she wanted to take all her clothes out of the drawer, put them in bags and transfer them from one bag to another bag and they ended up all around the house. <laughs> you know, the initial reaction is like, hey, don't do that. You're making a mess. Put them back. You know, and it's like, because I've always been neat and tidy and it's like, mm-hmm. I've had to surrender to so many things and it's such a, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a good lesson and it's such a, and again, it applies to life and business and, but yeah, I'm learning a lot about, you know, Sienna's teaching me a lot and it's just like, hey, if you're having fun, you're learning, you're exploring, go for it. You know, what's the big deal of spending a bit of time at the end of the day to clean up and. You know, that's just life of a toddler, right? And life of a, of a mum and adjusting yeah. to that though. I think that's the biggest thing is adjusting. Um, Isn't it just, interesting how you, you start to think, what am I driving for? Like, for example, cleanliness is so interesting to me around having a toddler is what's this driver to have everything away? Like I've got it in me, but I never had to look at it until something challenges it. Like for example, Sienna taking all the clothes out and putting them in bags. I mean, you kind of don't even think about it. You're kind of like, yeah, it's normal. It's normal to want to have everything clean all the time until someone does it different. And, you know, around paint, this is so funny. I don't know if you've had this one yet, but I live in Switzerland right now. So I'm just contemplating how far to go with this. But basically, Jordan loves to combine paint. Apparently, when you go to Swiss school, you're not allowed to do that. That's so interesting in its own right. But something inside of me is having like a heart failure as she's trying to combine the colors. I'm not coping. And I'm like, (laughs) who cares? Why is this important, Sarah? So isn't it, I think they kind of do that for us. They like, I never really had to look at that before. And then if I look at it, like, where is this playing out in other areas of my life? Where do I not want to combine the paint. Where do I need everything neat and tidy and orderly? Um, and for what reason? That's what it's just, I think kids are so good for that. It's like, why, what are we driving for? The clean house? Like, who's going to care about that on my deathbed? I don't think people are going to care about my little paint wells that are all organized. So, so yes, I, thank you for bringing up the, how they teach us um, each and every day. And I, I kind of want to leave on this question around being this entrepreneur. So you said you let go of some businesses. Um, you've maintained the two that you feel like you can manage whilst also being playful. And, you know, if you could have it all as a mom and an entrepreneur, so this is where you get to be creative, what would it look like if you could have it be perfect, which it never is by the way, but this is your chance to have a magic wand. If you could have it all, what would it look like? Yeah, it's such a good question, isn't it? Um, you know, it's funny. I look at my life, like I said, my initial reaction when you're like, oh, when you could have it all and being an entrepreneur, I was equating success to, you know, obviously financial dollars, having the recognition because obviously being in sport and growing up that way. And, um, and I went, you know what? I get the freedom to hang out with Sienna at the moment. Um, and we've got another little one on the way. And I'm getting to be in this space of helping these little people become 
people and develop their values and beliefs. And I just go to me, I, I, I have it. I've got that freedom. Like I'm so lucky. I don't, I've been to mum's groups where, yeah, mums are going back to work at six weeks and putting kids in childcare, which like I said, there's no judgment. That's, you know, that's what they want to do or that's what works for them. Some don't have a choice. I'm like, I'm so lucky. I I have that choice. You know, I mean, it'd be great of course to have um, more dollars in the bank to be able to um, visit friends. We've got a lot of friends interstate or overseas definitely that would be something I'd love to have a bit more freedom on Um, but that again just comes down to dollars really Mm -hmm. Um, but I look at other things and I go you know we're actually we've just you know we've spent a lot of years working hard and buying properties and um, we've just sold three just in the middle of selling our last one but we've bought a block of land and we're building our dream home which is something I've actually always had on my vision boards and I love housing and um, interior design and I'm actually doing something that's a project that's actually really exciting for me and building a, a dream home for our family and um, yes yeah, so I've actually looked at it in a bit of a different perspective and realized that yeah actually I, I, I'm kind of doing what I want to do really um, a little bit of extra money always helps but to do those you know more adventurous things and travel and that but for now I really am getting to do what I want, which is, you know, have that business from home. I work from a laptop. That's what I've always wanted to do. Um, And yeah. And be with Sienna and and have a lot of fun and explore with her and not have the pressure of, you know, I have to have things due on a certain date at the moment or, you know, I do have um, obviously things along the way that I need to get done, but I can choose the time I do that in and sure. um, really prioritise Sienna, which for me is the most important thing right now and just surrendering, you know, I've had to make some big decisions and um, yeah. You know, I don't know if you feel this cause you're living it, but it's really beautiful to see the generational expansion of everything that your mom survived, you know, to, to you know, your mom had her childhood, which then led her to the challenges that she had raising you guys. And, and the fact that you could go be a dual athlete overseas and, and do amazing things there, come back, start to explore who you are. You know, we didn't even mention the fact that you were a leading business coach and, and all these other things that you've done and, and being able to look at who you are today as a mom making these choices to generationally advance parenting, you know, and, and like the contribution that you can make in Sienna's life and then who she's going to be one day as a mom. So it's been lovely that you've done the work so that we get these views of the past, you know, and, and how they're, they're now being reflected into your future. And now you have a new one on the way. So, I mean, I can't wait to learn from you and watch that experience. You know, I've, I've decided on the one, the one child deal for life. And, and I can't wait to watch your two kids interact. So cannot wait to see you guys soon jump on the trampoline together and, and just be more playful friends because our girls are, are showing us to be playful because me and Selena get a bit serious. Like that's our gig. That's why I love her because she dives deep with me, <laughs> but you know, isn't it great that we've learned how to jump on the trampoline? So, yeah. Selena, you're awesome. With, you have, with not very with not very good pelvic floors. I was which makes I, it even more funny. 
<laughs> totally. I, I, as uh, I said it, I thought that exact thing, the pelvic floor <laughs> dropping beautifully. Um, oh my gosh. That's so funny. And look, I, I appreciate you so much. You are people don't that don't know you personally. This is like mother earth. The way she mothers is so inspiring to me because you're such a natural and just knowing that you also put a lot of thought and you're so conscious about the way you're doing this. Um, I just appreciate that. And I think our community is lucky to have your thoughts because then we get to reflect. I've had about five different things that I'm thinking about from my own past now so that I can expand who I'm being as a parent. And it's all about who I'm being anyway, like you said. Okay. That's enough. I've said enough. You are awesome. Love this influx conversation. And I hope you'll come back and, you know, when you're a parent of two, reflect that to us. So thank you so much. Oh, Sarah, thank you. It's been a real honor. Thank you for having me on the show and thank you for letting me talk about this for the first time and embrace and surrender and be honest. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.